Hi guys, I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, the photographer behind Men in This Town and editor of Mitt Magazine. I want to welcome you to a new episode of Portrait Session, in partnership with Armani Exchange Connected. This podcast takes a closer look at who the men on the street are by bringing them into the studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. This week, I connected with Damien Woolner, an Australian fashion journalist originally from Melbourne who has called Sydney home for the past several years. With a career that includes helping launch Vogue.com.au and Elle magazine in the Australian market, Damien knows what it takes to bring a media brand to life. With the recent legalization of same-sex marriage in Australia, he saw an opportunity to create a new platform for gay men to celebrate their commitment to one another with his new brand, Marry the Man. We chat about launching a new website in 2018, dipping his toe back into print with the upcoming Marry the Man magazine, and of course, reporting on the world of fashion. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. Um, yeah, just talk directly over there and kind of more in that direction. All right, so let's start off with introducing yourself. Okay, Damien Woolner, the editor of Marry the Man and the fashion writer at large. So you've been writing for how many years? I mean, that's your your thing that you've been doing for your whole career, really. Yeah, I've, I've been writing for 27 years. 27? 27, really? probably. I started when I was... Oh, longer than that. This is how bad my maths is. I started when I was... 15, writing for a local newspaper, oh, wow. and yeah. I'm 45 now, so it's, it's probably closer to 30 <laughs> years, but being paid for it for, for a little less than that. What newspaper was that that you were for? It was, I grew up in a suburb of Melbourne called Bandura, where no other fashion journalist has come from, I can tell you, and um, <laughs> it was called Insight, and it was a local paper, yeah, and yeah. that helped when I... My next job was at the Herald Sun in Melbourne. Um, oh, right. Okay. So, yes, it, it was a bit of a leap. <laughs> a bit of a leap from Insight to the Herald Sun. But where did the interest in writing come from for you? Like, is, is this something that you were good at in school or you just naturally did? What was that all about? Um, my mother instilled in myself and my sister a great love of reading. Um, and writing is something that always came naturally to me. It's, mm. I don't have to think about writing it, it just it just happens I have that's to... a sign of a good writer <laughs> well, for sure. I, I hope so but it just it, it can't you know maths I have to think about um, yeah business I have to think about but writing is is just it happens and what were the things that you liked to write about or even read about that when you were younger oh when I was young I loved fantasy books I was really into science fiction and fantasy the hobbit and the lord of the rings mm. and um, I'm trying to think of some some other, maybe some Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> I never played the games, but I did read the books. Yeah. And, um, and then that sort of evolved into to other interests. And I was a big comic book reader as well. I loved comic books. Yeah, right. I hope I've kept some somewhere. <laughs> so. Those are worth uh, quite the there's, penny. There's, there's a penny. Teen Titans number one somewhere and an yeah, X-Men right. number one somewhere. But um, unless mum's given them to my niece and nephew. <laughs> I don't know. And then you combined writing with fashion where, where did mm. your interest in fashion come from i'd always had an interest in fashion um in expressing myself through clothes and i think growing up in the 80s mm. and 
the rise of sort of video clip culture and the influence of magazines such as smash hits and number one that sort of began to filter through and yeah, i never thought about that with videos yeah they were, were an 80s thing that kind of just started and just a new way of to see your artist and absolutely a new way of expressing ideas and concepts and especially sort of the new romantics with um adam and the ant ants and you know, culture club then and that was very exciting for a boy from yeah. bandura so lots of vintage shopping and so fashion was always an interest is your internet at the time videos well it was my internet <laughs> video my internet was videos and, and editions of british vogue probably yeah so, why yes. british vogue uh i think at the time the writing in american vogue was not terrific mm. and also it wasn't very exciting from a fashion perspective this was the grace mirabella years um and british vogue always had a really strong focus on on writing that i that i engaged with and it's not not just a visual thing it is kind of i always find that interesting when people can write about fashion and write it quite well and really just make you kind of envision what they are kind of seeing. And especially as a man, because I was looking mm. at, at women's fashion magazines and I wasn't the sort of man who was looking at imagining myself in Chanel. <laughs> um, and all power to those who do, but um, it was never going to be me. But I, I loved the idea of that world and the writing sort of immersed me in that world along with the, the photographs. Was there any ever kind of a men's fashion magazine that you kind of connected with at all or even not any? I'd look at GQ um, from America, but not really because GQ then was really aggressively mm. heterosexual um, and it wasn't very fashion forward. It was, it was sort of a suit and tie world yeah. and I was never going to be a part of a suit and tie world. Yeah, right. Uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you think you did get, besides the videos, where did you get your kind of male fashion inspiration from? Was there anyone in your family that was into it or...? No, my dad's not really into fashion. Um, my mother was, is, and my grandmother was, and my great-grandmother was. Um, so from the women, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But it was... Also, the 80s was a time with that great androgyny, um, particularly in sort of the British scar scene. So a lot of that could translate the whole sort of second-hand black dinner jacket over baggy mm. jeans and yeah. um, a white t-shirt it was pretty accessible and easy to tap into amazing and how i guess when you were discovering your personal style from when you were maybe kind of out of high school and where you are now how has it evolved um gosh i hope it's evolved slightly <laughs> but probably i do still find myself straying back to what that 15 year old boy shopping at Campbellwell Markets was, yeah, was yeah, looking yeah. for, despite you know going on and being exposed to a lot more labels. I get excited about fashion, but whenever I try and tap into what the cool kids are wearing, the cool mm. kids that ages me, um, <laughs> what you know, cool the young, exciting brands are, whenever I try and engage with those, I find myself straying from my own personal style and yeah. it doesn't work. And my personal style has always been very, you know, it's basic. It's pretty preppy with a twist. Mm. And if I stray too far from that, it just, it looks as though I'm trying too hard. Yeah, so I hear you. I think that personal style is the kind of with you from a very young age. Mm. And it's because it's who you are. And it's, if you're not going to be necessarily a flamboyant person, 
from your personality. You're not going to do it in your clothing. And if you are when you're young, then it's going to show in your clothing or at least want to be shown kind mm. of as flamboyantly dressing. So I think it is, it probably goes up and down and stay like, but it's kind of relatively the same kind of throughout your life. I yeah, think. for sure. And I think for me, as a, why journalism suited me is because you're sort of apart from the story. You stand back mm. slightly and you commentate on it or you report on it. So over-the-top clothes were, were never going to work for me. I, I sort of didn't want to be a part of that extreme mm. fashion scene. I just wanted yeah. to write about it. So. You, I, I mean, personally, I love observing it. Mm. I don't take part in it necessarily, but it is... Just eye candy and gets me excited just to kind of see. It is. It's yeah. still so exciting. But yes, I have to stick with my... I remember my first uh, large expensive purchase at the time would have been when I was 16 and it was a country road chambray shirt with gold stitching <laughs> for seventy nine ninety five, And it was just an exorbitant sum. But... Um, I still wish I had that shirt. Yeah, right. Country Road doing gold stitching. Yes, Steve, <laughs> Steve Bennett, when he ran Country Road, did, uh, it, it was incredible. It was so exciting. It was um, very much that sort of like an Australian Ralph Lauren. It was, You're kidding, yeah, right? Yeah, it was um, somewhere between Ralph Lauren and The Gap yeah, before right, right. it strayed, but really beautiful um, basics with an Australian aesthetic. So. I always thought they have they have potential, but it's just like... I don't know why it doesn't go into the direction it should be going. <laughs> I think it had, you know, it had some moments recently when Sophie yeah. Holt was the creative director, mm. but um, to be honest, I haven't been in a country road store no. for some time. But I, I mean, hope homewares. Homewares is the only thing I'd buy at a country road store. It's not necessarily clothes. It's a great concept and it's a great Australian brand. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, what are you wearing today? What is your uh, look all about? Uh, my look, well, it, it is aging preppy, preppy still. Um, <laughs> and gosh, I should have thought more about what I was wearing when I no, came please, in. I've been I, running errands. No, because I want to have that kind of street okay. look. It's what you'd wear on the street. Well, it, it is. I've got some um, one teaspoon jeans on, which are sort of drop. One teaspoon. One teaspoon. You know, they do those classic denim cutoff shorts for women that Beyonce wears every yeah. every woman wears these and they have a great men's range American that, uh, Australian Australian are you kidding but doing really well internationally out yeah. of Palm Beach here um, that's where their store is but wow. they have a really good men's collection that I've just stumbled across so yeah I'm, I'm having to adjust to the fact that they're although they're tapered they're, they're drop crotch and walking drop in a drop crotch pant. I don't know how Dustin Bieber does it, but <laughs> but the struggle is real. Um, I agree. I agree. <laughs> we've got a Zara. I've got a, a yellow and white striped Zara T-shirt, and I rarely shop at Zara. I'm the sort of person who walks around, picks up ten things, mm. then ten minutes later puts them down. Yeah. But I was um, in Italy, and the collection just seemed to pop there, so. I picked it up there and it's become a favorite and some tried and true um, Gucci loafers um, that uh, they, they're not the kangaroo <laughs> skin fur ones but um, but I do love Gucci shoes I think they make right. a, a cracking shoe and it's a way to just dress up a look that is casual and kind of just give it a well you need more. elevator pieces and uh, an Armani exchange watch to sort of elevate it and that helps sort of 
disguise my sort of young person's genes. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's I noticed in the back it has like a, a little pattern or... Yeah, it has these like sort a... of drop, it sort of tears on it and paint splotches sort of makes it look as though I've been in some <laughs> red fern studio coming oh, up with something my, amazing. My faux painted bed. <laughs> oh, see, look, we're, we're, we're faux no artists. <laughs> the authenticity in here is no. real. <laughs> Love the luck. <laughs> so what was kind of um, your last few kind of gigs that you were working at before you decide to kind of start this new project? Where are you kind of where you working at? Well, most recently I was, I'd been doing some work for uh, Channel 9's digital development. But before that, I went on board as deputy editor at L Australia to help them launch in Australia, which was really exciting because I love big brands. And I think it's probably the last time that I felt it was the last time for a while that there'd be a big brand launch here uh, with the shape of the media landscape. So it was exciting to be a part of that Um, and working with an amazing team there. And before that, I was fashion editor at the Australian newspaper. and before that, I was at Vogue, um, where I was their first editor of Vogue.com. So it was, it's always been a mix of digital newspaper and magazines. Mm. So. And that's kind of showing you kind of, you know, it's introduced what you're going to be doing now kind of going forward. What was the, the reasoning behind Marry the Man? What's... I, I felt it sort of... Why even start something on your own? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it was that was the, the first step. I felt that the fashion landscape was changing in such a way that I was finding it difficult to engage with. Um, and I could still write about it, but I felt the pressure on magazines, um, working so closely with advertisers was making it difficult to have a strong voice Mm. and I've always loved having a strong voice in fashion so I took some time off during the same-sex marriage plebiscite last year and my boyfriend suggested walking from Sydney to Brisbane very ambitious (laughs) very ambitious and uh, I I, I must have been feeling things for him that day because I said yes and so Is that you, over a year ago now? It, it, we were on the walk this time last yeah, year. Right. We were probably, oh gosh, where would we have been? Hopefully we were somewhere like Ballingen or Yamba. But um, <laughs> it was a great experience. And while on the walk, I was thinking about what would happen if the legislation passed to mm. allow um, equal rights for gay people. And there, I, I felt there wasn't sort of the romantic storytelling for for grooms um, to for gay grooms to be able to sort of engage with the excitement around a wedding celebration, and I thought, well, it might be fun to be a part of that and to create that excitement, and that's okay. how Marry the Man happened. There were a few other names on the way. I think we had Groom Boom, um, Groom Boom, <laughs> Groom Boom, but it sounded like a really dodgy sort of back room yeah. at a wedding. Um, so yes, Marry the Man was the final um, product. And I, I'd wanted to stick mainly to, to gay men because I felt that I really didn't know enough about 
sort of the way that lesbians were I didn't want to tell their story for, mm. for them so I thought I'll stick with what I know and I know gay men yeah, so. yeah. well it, and it's funnily enough I had a few customers come into here just to pick up the magazine and one of them was getting married a straight guy and was quite interested in kind of looking through it and was like oh I mean there's amazing inspiration here for looks and just a love story is a love story and it's great to kind of hear that and I think that's what the um, supplement inside the new issue is kind of providing and I guess we'll go into that um, no we that, on uh, a supplement that's together so well. great to hear yeah. because um yeah, there should be no difference. Any any man should be able to engage with the style aspects or the grooming Completely. aspects. But also, I, I love hearing that they can engage with the love story because gay men and lesbians have been having to do that for, for decades, having to sort of filter their, impose their own love story or filter love stories through sort of the heterosexual stories that have dominated yeah. romantic uh, storytelling. It's so true love songs and all that. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I remember sort of when you I first heard love songs with sort of the male pronouns talking mm. men talking about men and it was so shocking and exciting. <laughs> I think it was erasure. Um, so yes. I love that. Gosh. So why um, why online rather than going directly to print? Well, like we worked on something together that mm. is kind of a, a sampler for the future. Mm print edition exactly well why'd you start off online you think i just think the strength of digital at the moment is impossible to ignore um i think people want you know i, I wanted something that people could engage with on a daily basis mm. um to have that fix of romance to, ha to have a sort of safe place for gay men to dream of happy ever afters and i felt that digital was the right landscape to explore that and it also gave me it's a great test environment to mm. find out what people are responding to before Absolutely. before diving into print so um but i couldn't leave print alone i'm a, a print runs through my veins oh, absolutely i think once it, once you've ever worked in print it's you always kind of want to go back to it or get mm. be involved in some form there's nothing like seeing your work, your words, storytelling in the printed form, you know? I love uh, it. The physical manifestation and, and uh, seeing the, the supplement on Men in This Town was so exciting to see the way that uh, the, the digital came to life in, in the physical mm. world. It was, it was really exciting. Yeah, Got I'm a so great glad. buzz. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so great. I mean, online definitely is the way to kind of just start a brand because it is... You know the most affordable way and it's a way to kind of gauge who your audience is going to be what does work what do you think is going to work for the print one that we potentially will work on together for next year what do you think the content kind of um, resonates the most for me the content it, it's always important for me to have the right mix um, so that you can't have too much emphasis on one area i think for the for the style stories to work you still need the grooming you need the travel for honeymoons you need the whole aspect but i think at the core of it it's very much about romance and about those love stories and i think um having those throughout the print edition will be will be crucial because mm. you want that yeah. Aww, and it's that keepsake feeling. for for the couples, and yes. it's you know it's great to kind of have that, I think, documented in some form. And it's it's 
I found it fascinating because, as you said, my background has mostly been in fashion. So to now be engaging in other areas and hearing about these new traditions that people are creating in this fresh environment, um, oh, it's just so thrilling to hear how people are creating their own idea of what a wedding is. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of probably why I've personally always never been interested in necessarily getting married because um, it's just I'm, that cliche of what a, a wedding is not necessarily marriage but what a wedding is just makes me cringe mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like but now that I'm seeing kind of more varieties of weddings like oh there's a lot of different ways that you can celebrate your love with your partner and um, make it official and so now it's like I'm kind of toying to the idea of like eh, maybe in the future Who knows? yeah it, I think it's it's so interesting once you take the bride out of the equation mm. because the bride has been the focus of so much yeah. of our wedding mythology mm. it gives you this incredible freedom to shake things up and although we, we I did profile um, some grooms who still wanted that and they called it their bridal moment mm. they wanted to, <laughs> to walk down the aisle they yeah, wanted yeah. Uh, another couple wanted veils so <laughs> I, I kind of love this sort of punk approach yeah, to just yeah. having your own wedding. It's very exciting. Make your own rules and, you know, it's a lovely tradition, but there's no reason why it can't be kind of turned on its head a little bit, you know? Absolutely. But it's it, it's also on the flip side really um, powerful how certain traditions for some couples make a wedding. Mm. Um there's one couple that was determined to have a religious focus, a, mm. a spiritual element, because for them, without that, it, it wouldn't have been a wedding. Yeah, so, right. something you know, different for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there is something. There's a way to do it for everyone. Yes, the thing. As long as everyone has the opportunity to do it. I mean, that's the most yeah. important thing. Do you think you would ever get married in the future? Is that in the books for you? That I find this. This is the best thing. But this is the most hysterical thing about having you know equal rights now equal marriage same love gay men now have to go through what single women have been enduring <laughs> for, for decades when will you get married um i i love the idea of it and um i certainly wouldn't rule it out i have a fantastic boyfriend who i've been with for two years so it's still early days mm. and um but i i I still have a lot to learn, so perhaps after a few more issues, marry the man. <laughs> more inspiration. Exactly. Get it right. <laughs> so you and your partner live here in um, Sydney. Mm -hmm. What is Sydney like for you? What do you love about Sydney? You're originally from Melbourne, mm -hmm. but what kind of keeps you here? I moved here, it will be 20 years ago next year, uh, and it felt like home three months after being here. I remember having been to Melbourne for work and flying back into Sydney and having that Peter Allen, I still call Australia home moment of, mm. of oh, this is, this is where I'm meant to be as I saw the Harbor out the window. Um, what keeps me here apart from the weather and the <laughs> incredible beauty is just Sydney feels to me like an international city. Uh, there's always, incredible exciting people passing through um, and I still get to visit Melbourne regularly I love Melbourne yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah Sydney is home I have moved away t three times during that period um, 
and it hasn't worked. Um, I moved to Adelaide for Adelaide yeah, eight weeks. Why? Um, I moved there with uh, no nothing against Adelaide, but it's like yeah. It's why Adelaide? I, I I I I had a beautiful flat in North Adelaide. I moved there with a wonderful filmmaker. Um, who I was dating at the time and two weeks after we got there he decided to stop talking to me oh. um, we, we talk now fortunately yeah. we're friends but yes yeah, so I, so I it was moved for away. love it was for love and also three months or well, six weeks after being there Vogue called and asked if I would do a story for them yeah, right. and I'd always wanted to work for Vogue so Vogue won there you go <laughs> It's great, Vogue. <laughs> Vogue always wins. <laughs> but I also moved to Cowra to a farm when I dated a farmer. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, a bit of a romantic, but I always end up back in um, Kings Cross in Potts Point in Sydney. Um, it, it's home. It will always be home. Lovely. What does your average day look like here? What's kind of oh, your life? It's it's really boring. I'm one of the. I'm a creature of routine. Um, so I will. I'm, I vary between being a morning person and not, but up early, some exercise at the gym, um, breakfast, which is a half serve of scrambled eggs and a macchiato from Gypsy Cafe or some savoury mints at Zinc Cafe. Which looked amazing last time we had a coffee. <laughs> it's <laughs> it like, I need to try so this good. You have to have it. It is yeah. amazing. Um, and I just love to sit at Zinc and flick through their magazines and just prepare myself for the day with coffee. Yeah. And then it's home to, to write and check emails and do my freelance work as well as work for Marry the Man. And um, then in the evenings, we, we generally go out for dinner. I love to cook, but we'll generally be out for dinner with friends nice. and catch up. And then it's home to watch an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> It sounds very familiar. Oh, okay. It's all, yeah, see, we're not really original trailblazers. It's sort of, you know, we're re-watching season nine at the moment. Um, yes, we're not very exciting. Oh, no, please. It's a good life. It's a great life. Um, how do you find working from home, that whole kind of idea of from being in an office when you're working full time, kind of doing your own thing and having your own environment to work in? I really struggle with it. Um, mm. I miss being around stimulating people. That was the great thing about working on magazines and newspapers is that you're surrounded by people who are at the top of their game and that inspires you to be better. So you have to make sure working from home that you continue to engage with those people mm. as often as you can, whether it's just catching up for coffee yeah, in yeah. the middle of the day or just on the phone or attending events. And for me also, I had to find the right space at home. I tried downstairs at the dining table. Mm. That didn't work. <laughs> the front room. And I've, I've found a, a corner sort of up in an attic room by a window. So yeah. that's working for me at the moment. But it might change over summer. <laughs> I like that. What are the, the little things that you do maybe kind of that spark some inspiration if you need it or if... Um... Something like if you are kind of in a little bit in a rut, because that's what I found when I was working by myself from home. It's like you kind of just need a different environment or something that sparks your imagination. I'll disappear um, if I've if, if nothing is coming. I'll just go for a walk uh, mm. around the block, and in Kings Cross, there's always something to see. Uh, or I have my sort of 
my idea of the internet, which is some old coffee table books that I'll flick through. Um, you know, the, my favourite is the 60s in Vogue, which is a collection of the great sort of photographs and articles from the 60s uh, in British Vogue. And, uh, or you have books on Diana Vreeland or uh, Gloria Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm a sucker for an old American socialite, <laughs> so I'll flick through some of those as well. That seems like your happy place then, kind mm. of being amongst books. Oh, absolutely. I, I love books. But also, yeah, a lot of those are chunky coffee table books with great portraits. Yeah, so yeah. I love um, you know, that the, the golden era, the 60s as well, and also you know, the 80s Bill King photographs and Scavullo photographs. I find them very, very inspiring. Love it. What's the last novel you read? Uh, I read... What did I read? We've been trying to, to get motivated and, and read more. We started a book club, but that didn't oh, really. really? <laughs> yeah, it didn't. <laughs> we read um, Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin, a sort of classic tortured gay novel from the 50s. Um, but then I read Less, and I forget the um, author's name. Less, L-E-S-S. Yeah. And it, it's won some award recently, and mm-hmm. I I loved it. It was a a tale of a, a sort of a, a gay man in his forties, a, a writer who was feeling a bit lost, and perhaps I could relate to it. But um, <laughs> it, it it was very witty, and one of those books that you're reading on a plane and you sort of tear up a bit or laugh out loud. So I really enjoyed that. I love it. That's good. You'll have to read it. It's yeah. terrific. I've recommended it to a few people. Most have enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Not all. <laughs> I'll give it a go. And um, I guess we'll end off with our last question. But what does it feel like to be you right now? Like, what's going on in your head? It's a really exciting time, but it's a challenging time. I certainly don't feel that I'm in a comfortable place and that's pretty exciting. That, that's great to be feeling challenged and to be learning new things and to be stressed uh, rather than to be doing something that I've done for a very long time. Mm. So it, it's exciting and stressful. I'm sounding <laughs> a bit schizophrenic at the moment, but uh, it, it, it's, I, I'm in a very good place. That's with work. I, and I'm fortunate. I have a wonderful family and a wonderful partner and blessed with good health as I touch wood. Awesome. And Mary the Man, kind of where do you see that kind of going in the future? We're about to launch the directory side of Mary the Man online. Um, so that's really exciting. Looking forward to the print edition in uh, you know, early next year um, and having the first standalone issue. So just really looking forward to see how that grows and develops alongside the gay love stories and weddings that are that are happening now thank you Damien oh thank you that's great fun thank you thank you thanks for listening guys I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Portrait Session feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you did enjoy it which will help other people discover the show have a great day and thanks again for your support